We're 10 days out before the election to decide whether there will be a Chicago or will it be just another weed patch. And a documentary, Local One, the story of the Chicago Teachers Union, the political story, enlarging the coffers of the politically interested and involved, the leftists who are all around it, like Chewy Garcia and Brandon Johnson, who thinks he's going to be mayor of Chicago. All this is happening right in front of your eyes. Have you seen a story about Local One? Have you seen a news story on television, uh, in the papers, in the woke papers? Have you seen it? No? Well, wow, isn't that something? It's almost like they want you to ignore it. And if you ignore it and your city turns into a dustbin, you can only have yourself to blame. But Austin Berg is here with us, vice president of the Illinois Policy Institute, who made the documentary. And Jeff Carlin, of course, is here, executive producer at WGN Radio, future teacher. And I'm John Cass, husband, father, editor-in-chief of John Cass News, your favorite website for common sense. And where are you as the insiders at the Chicago Teachers Union fill their plates with your money and your children's future and the city of Chicago circles the drain? You're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. Plus. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall-style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way, absolutely. Look, the, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way, that's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. So, Austin, what's going on with? Local One, the most riveting and most important documentary I've seen in many years. That's high praise, John. I first of all really appreciate you saying that and really appreciate you having me on. So Local One is the name, the official name of the Chicago Teachers Union. They're the first chartered local union of the American Federation of Teachers, uh, which people may know by their head, uh, Randy Weingarten. And Randy Weingarten did something very interesting a few months ago at a large conference in Chicago. She committed a million dollars in union dues from the National Union to back Brandon Johnson for mayor of Chicago. (laughs) They have followed through with that money. So CTU and its affiliates have contributed $2.4 million to Mr. Johnson's campaign since it was announced. Uh, the teachers union and the SEIU compose 97% of his campaign's funding. Uh, and not only are they funding his campaign, they are funding him personally. Brandon Johnson uh, was a member of the radical caucus that took over CTU in 2010 that we talk about a lot in the documentary. It's a caucus called CORE, Caucus of Rank and File Educators. And uh, Brandon Johnson gets paid over $100,000 a year from the union as a political organizer as well. 
So he is both bankrolled, uh, you know, personally and professionally, shall we say, by the union. He walks around in the suit. Yeah, he does. He does. He walks around in the suit, and and it's it start from the beginning here, Austin, because this is this is kind of a crazy thought to me because it, one of the things that stands out in the realm of, of unions and in unions, I know we, we, we they're important. They they need to be a, a, a balancing to you know power other places. And and that's something that this country is built on. And we get that. But one of the things that stands out in this documentary, which is fantastic, everybody needs to check it out. It's on YouTube. You can find it. We'll link it in the podcast, uh, the podcast here. You'll see it in tweets. But it is that if I'm a rank and file union member working for the CTU, working for, sorry, working for the CPS as a member of the CTU, which we'll get to the working for the CTU later, the Dollars that I pay to them, I expect, you know, to a point to be benefiting me, to be servicing me, to helping building a credit union, to doing all the things that a union is there to do to help its its members. But when you guys break it down, 80% of my dues would go to funding political and administrative needs for the union and, and less than 20% are actually going to help out the rank and file. What what is what does the union say when that's brought up to them? Not brought up. The union can, the union can't say anything when they uh, when it's brought up to them, and we send that information to members every single year because they now have the right to opt out of the union, uh, which is due to the Janus v. Asmi Supreme Court decision. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like to tell this story when I talk about what the union's priorities are. It's about one of my heroes. His name is Joe O'Cool, and Joe is an immigrant to the United States from the Philippines. He ended up in Chicago, as many people around the world do, in search of opportunity. And he became a math teacher on the West Side at Marshall High School. And uh, he was a math teacher doing great work. And one of his star students, tragically, was shot after school and killed by a gang. And that day, Joe said, I'm going to commit not only to educating kids, but I am going to commit to saving as many lives as I can. And he did something that he was passionate about, which was teach chess. He had played chess his whole life, and he started a chess club after school at at that high school. Mm -hmm. And at first, nobody came to the chess club. And then Joe bought snacks, and everybody came to the chess club because these kids were hungry. And something amazing happened, which is that he was turning out city, state, and national championships out of the west side of Chicago with his chess team. So he did that for many years at Marshall. He moved to the South side to teach in Englewood. He was doing that in Englewood. And then in 2016, the CTU said, we are going to have a one day strike. And this still to this day, nobody can really tell me what the purpose of that strike was. They say it was sort of to send a political message to Mayor Emanuel and Governor Rauner at the time, just to show their political strength. But to Joe, uh, he didn't care about that. He knew that, you know, one day without his students could be the last day he saw his students. And he said, I'm crossing the picket line. I'm teaching math. I'm coaching chess. So he did that. And what happened after that? Well, funding for his chess program dried up. He started getting his paychecks late. He was ostracized by his friends and his peers at work. He got a letter signed by the president of the union at the time, Karen Lewis, saying, give me one good reason why I shouldn't expel you from the union. Uh, so that is not the action of a union that represents the interests of teachers. Those are the actions of a political machine. And that is what local one is. At the beginning of the uh, documentary, Charles Thomas 
former ABC7 political reporter, talks about the union and the nature, the gangster nature of Chicago. I mean, look, it is a gangster town. You know, we do our Chicago way where Jeff drops in, Sean Connery. He grabs a knife, you grab a gun, and so forth. And even Barack Obama used to use that. It hasn't really changed. And now we're seeing teachers pushed around and threatened because they're trying to protect and serve their students. We've lost our way as a city. And all you have to do if you if you're if you're amazed by the lack of culture and the criminal culture of the city of Chicago, just look at the schools. Look at the criminal thug elements that run the schools through the teachers union. And I'm I'm speaking as a union household. I mean my kids are in the in unions and my wife is in a union. I'm I've never joined the union, never will. Which is why I I was almost I was isolated and pushed out at the Chicago Tribune. But look at what they do. They push this poor math teacher around, and they have others, too. Others they're dominating and pushing around. So what is the answer to it? One answer is that we're just providing direct service to these teachers. The reason that I met Mr. O'Cool is because Illinois Policy Institute is the only place that these teachers can go to help them to opt out of paying the union. So when Karen Lewis sent that letter to Joe saying, hey, give me one reason I shouldn't expel you, Joe's, of course, his response, as any of us uh, would respond in that situation, given what he did was, I don't want to be in the union. (laughs) (laughs) Expel me. Expel me now. Uh, But since that that Janice V. asked me decision that we, uh, we led with litigation partners at the Liberty Justice Center, every single public sector worker in the country has the right to stop paying money to a union that doesn't represent them. So we help hundreds, thousands of teachers across uh, the state opt out of their union. And that's how we meet teachers like Joe. That's how we met, meet teachers like Ifoma and Kemdi, who we also feature in the documentary, another person who broke the picket line. Oh, she's fantastic. She's, she's an incredible woman and, and really sort of a, a social justice warrior in the traditional sense. She is very, <laughs> uh, she's very uh, uh, strong-willed. And she and her kids got to come to the screenings of the documentary, and that was really touching that they could come. So uh, teachers now have an exit option. So first, we have to provide them with that option, and we're doing that. And it is sucking millions of dollars a year out of CTU coffers. Just briefly for context, the the teachers union is a $30 million a year organization. Uh, And as you said, Jeff, just 20 cents of every dollar actually goes to representing teachers. Ridiculous. Uh, the rest of the money goes to overhead leadership politics, right? Uh, so that's one thing we can do. The second thing is uh, sharing this documentary with uh, friends and family. I, I like to think back uh, to our old friend, Mike Madigan. In 2012, there was, a, <laughs> there was a statewide survey done of Madigan's favorables. And what was so interesting was after several decades as House Speaker, after several decades as chairman of the Democratic Party, uh, following the you know high-profile impeachment of Rod Blagojevich, the most common opinion of Mike Madigan statewide was "don't know" or "no opinion," which is shocking in retrospect, right? Given where he ended up, well, they're afraid of him, right? 
Yeah, I, I don't think many people statewide didn't even know him. There's a great book uh, from the early 70s called Don't Make No Waves, Don't Back No Losers by Milton Rakoff. Milton Rakoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a awesome book. And just the cover of the book alone could be like a Scorsese movie. It's so cool. But uh, it talks about sort of that strategy of not making waves, not sticking your head up. And Madigan was so good at that for so many years. And it was not until many people together, um, including folks at Illinois Policy and many, many others, started calling out his power that really he was known statewide to everyone as a, uh, a horrible force for the state. And the same kind of shift in mentality needs to happen with the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, they're very different from the old machine because they are highly militant and ideological. Mike Madigan, I don't think, had aspirations for power in other states. He was quite content to just have it in Chicago and Illinois. Um, as we show in the documentary, there is a, a militant socialism at the top of the union that is really driving uh, their priorities, not just in Illinois, but nationwide. I would add to that that you know, uh, readers of John Cast surely know who Mike Madigan is and, and understand his his iron grip on Madaganistan. I, I love to refer to him to people as, you know, Illinois' highest paid apple polisher, right? Because that was always the rub on him. They were sitting eating an apple in the background while his people were doing the work for him. And I know also we've established that, you know, the union dues clearly don't go to, to actually support teachers like you would imagine they would. It goes to support agendas. And and one of the things I know you just kind of alluded to, too, is that that there's a, a, a very, very startling and disturbing core, <laughs> pun intended, of this advocacy that is in, ingrained with socialist ideals. And it's this, I, this stuff is kind of crazy to me because we were talking about the overhead and people think, oh, an overhead, a union, sure. There's got to be someone there answering phones right. or whatever. We're right. But we're talking six-figure salaries across the board to lots of people who are not doing anything other than pushing seemingly socialist agendas and agendas that are aimed at taking down political adversaries. And pension boosts. Yeah, and pension boosts is right. But can you speak to some of that, that how that political funneling goes from the union to a pack to, you know, their their needs, quote unquote? Sure. So one of the uh, interesting parts of the documentary is you actually get into this kind of history. And just a disclaimer for listeners, uh, I have a problem with ex describing the CTU to my friends because I will say things like they're led by militant socialists. and people look side-eyes at you because uh, for many years, I think Republicans have had a problem with calling everything they don't like socialist. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I tell them is, what, this is, these are not my words. Watch the documentary. Right. You'll see every member of leadership describe themselves as socialist and these ideas as socialist and communist. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, being the boy who cried wolf here. It is leaders' own words saying that they espouse these ideas. Not to mention, they also take their spring breaks uh, in places where they're touting Milit real life active militant leaders in socialist countries. So that's, I mean, there's no, you're not, you know, blowing this out of proportion. This is legitimately what they do. No, this was a union whose leadership uh, sent a delegation to Venezuela uh, to learn about the great, right. you know, achievements that that dictatorship had had. So uh, the, the origins of this militant caucus called the Caucus of Rank and File Educators were in the late, yes, yes, uh, yes. The, the late aughts. 
So uh, Arnie Duncan, who was the head of Chicago Public Schools at the time, had this plan called Renaissance 2010. It was essentially looking at these severely severely underperforming schools across the, the city and closing those schools and transferring students to new charter magnet or, or turnaround schools. And one of the schools that was severely underperforming was Englewood High School, where a man named Jackson Potter was a social studies teacher. And uh, he was told essentially by the union, hey, we are, the school is closing down, you know, prepare your resume, start applying for things. And he said, you know, in his own words that it was at that moment, I realized this was not a fighting union. So Jackson Potter, Jesse Sharkey, Karen Lewis, uh, Stacey Davis Gates, people like this started a reading group. And the first book that they read was The Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein, which is sort of a conspiratorial book about, quote unquote, disaster capitalism. And they built this really radical consciousness within the union and they swept every single office. And then you had uh, really militant ideologues at the top of the union. So what are the consequences of this? Well, since 2010, the district's budget is up 55%. Chicago spends $28,000 per pupil per year. Unbelievable. Uh, you, could, you could buy tuition to you know the fanciest private school in Chicago for that amount of money. Yeah. Uh, math and reading scores have plummeted from 2010 to 2014. Math and reading scores dropped between 20 and 30%. Then testing changed. It dropped another 20 to 30% from 2015 to 2021. Uh, you are now looking at roughly 80% of Chicago public school students cannot read or do math at grade level. And critically, and perhaps most notably, we've seen four extreme work stoppages led by CTU, some for as many as two weeks, where they will walk out on the job in order to, to meet demands. So those have been the consequences. So who's going to school, public school? Because I can't think of any rational parent who will send their children to a public school. So who goes there? People who can't afford to escape. Exactly. People who are trapped. Right. Okay. So Jackson Potter, according to the documentary, um, his mom is a prominent lawyer in town. He's one of those rich boy socialists with a fancy mommy with a lot of clout, government and political clout. And according to the documentary, if I'm not mistaken, she picked up a $4 million fee in, in all, this, uh, all these machinations with the schools. Is, am I correct in, in uh, remembering it that way? Yeah. One of the themes of the documentary is basically, you know, power corrupts absolutely. And this new militant leadership has extraordinary power over finances. So one thing they did with that new power was funnel millions of dollars in legal work to the firm of Jackson Potter's mother. Robin Potter. And uh, the most stunning example of that being a class action lawsuit of black teachers alleging racial discrimination in the closing of schools. Uh, that lawsuit went on for years. Each teacher got paid out something around $10,000. Uh, meanwhile, the Potter law firm made around $4 million on that deal. How much did Brendan Johnson make? <laughs> well, Brandon Johnson was being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars each year of, of that. I mean, he is a he is a union staffer, and he's also making, I should say, uh, a very hefty salary as a Cook County commissioner yeah. at the same time. Double, triple dipper, right? Yeah. Triple dipper. I, I, I've not heard if he plans to step down from either of those positions if he becomes mayor, but he could be the first uh, triple, <laughs> triple dipping mayor. 
in Chicago's history. That's unreal. One of the people that read, one of the readers of John Cass News has written a good friend of mine, Steve the Pilot, grew up on the north side, raised his family on the north side, kids, and now has to leave the city because he just can't take it. Um, and if Brendan Johnson is elected or Chewy Garcia is elected, two things happen. The CTU gets even more powerful and more, more than ever before people leave town in a stream like, like Eastern, Eastern European refugees in the 30s. That's what's going to happen. Austin. Do you, maybe I'm wrong. I, I just want to think, gentlemen. The numbers speak for itself, John. I mean, the population in this city are, is not even keeping up with birth rates, right? I mean, people were touting, oh, there was 12,000 more people, 12,000 more people than the city uh, over mm-hmm. over last year. Okay, yeah, sure. There should have been 50,000 if we were just procreating, you know, and it's not, right. it's, that's not happening. One thing I wanted to mention, too, is that you we talked about earlier, Austin, about how the scores are dropping and how the, the performance yes. is dropping, but we're paying more and more. But oddly enough, the graduation rates keep rising. And why do we think that <laughs> is? I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, right? On logic, there's no logic behind that. If the kids are performing less, then why are they graduating more? The reason is from from people who I know who work for our teachers within the, in the CPS, they say that they the principals they have no they can't boost the the performance of the students because they have no power to enforce anything over the teachers so they just have to for the only thing they can do is force the teachers to pass kids who are failing who aren't showing up who aren't doing the work and say well this is the only metric we now have is principals to show our school is doing well it's not the scores because we can't impact that have have you heard any of that from from the some of the, the members who are trying to get away from the CTU yeah, absolutely. So it's there's one thing called social promotion, which is essentially that kids have to pass into the next grade or else they will fall behind their peers. And that's sort of the dominant model right now in Chicago public schools. And I should say, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the radicalism of CTU in some sense is, uh, I think it's horrible and has horrible consequences for children, not just in Chicago, but in strikes that are being led by CTU personnel in states across the country. So West Virginia, Arizona, California, after the 2012 strike, uh, there was tons of coverage about how the CTU strike spurred this new kind of militant unionism nationwide. And the reason I mention that is because I think it's easy for people to throw up their hands and say, well, it's just Chicago, you know, it's corrupt and throw up our hands and we can't do anything about it. But the problem is, okay, move to Florida. Who do you think is is uh, opposing school choice expansion? In these other states, in in Texas, in Florida, in, in even you know uh, Republican trifecta states, it is a militant kind of teachers' unionism from the top, and it's infecting other states. So we can't ignore what's happening in Chicago. First of all, um, second of all, I think the CTU radicalism is in part because of the incompetence of Chicago public schools. And I know Jeff, you know you're you know a lot of educators, John, you as well. There are many public school educators in my family. Um, they are they work extremely hard but the mm-hmm. system in which they work uh it's so dominated by politics that it's very difficult to do a good job and it's great it's really hard to retain mm-hmm. great teachers because you're surrounded by people who are um you know not in it for the right reasons so 
uh, I think Chicago is the greatest city in America, but it is the worst governed. Um, the good thing about governance is that can that's a man-made problem and it can be fixed by by men and women. One thing that we haven't mentioned in this exhaustive take on uh, Local One is the uh, response by political Chicago to the rise of core, to the rise of Mr. Pollock, of or Potter, of uh, Karen Lewis, Jesse Sharkey, who was like uh, married to the heiress of either Carnival Cruise Lines or some other big big uh, festival, vacation festival group. And all of them began prospering politically under the regime after, after Vallis left, the Daly regime and the Obama regime with Arne Duncan as the uh, white shadow playing basketball with Barack President Barack Obama passing and playing defense on the driveway. Where was Barack Obama and Daley? Where were the Democrat? Where's the Democratic Party as this was going on? Because you'd think smart people who play politics for a living would see this coming and say, "Wait a minute, boys and girls, put a break on." Where were they? So I think part of the advantage of what we do at the Illinois Policy Institute is that we don't have to rely on kind of institutional gatekeepers to get our message out. So I mentioned the Madigan numbers in 2012, most common opinion being don't know, no opinion. Um, That's the reason that people thought he could only leave office in handcuffs or a casket. They thought that could never change. But by 2019, 71% of Illinoisans disapproved of him as speaker. And a a sea change occurred where lawmakers became more afraid of their constituents than they were of the speaker. Uh, And that is what we are planning to do with the Chicago Teachers Union. People need to know what this leadership has done, its effect on their family, uh, and we can change the tides that way. Um, and really, ultimately, that's that's our goal with this with this film is you you have to educate people uh, about these consequences or, or nothing can change. And a point of correction, John, it's a Royal Caribbean is the uh, is Jersey Sharky's <laughs> wife. Nothing like a Marxist with millions of, <laughs> of luxury vacation money. OK, one other question here. Um, Austin, is it the Illinois Policy Institute's belief? that Chicago does not have long to survive as long as the CTU and the public schools continue to run a monopoly of broken toys. That's a good way to put it. We believe, one, you cannot have a strong Illinois without a strong Chicago. Uh, That has always been the case throughout our state's history. And that a strong Chicago depends on a good education system. You look at all of the downstream effects in terms of crime, on uh, in terms of poverty, stem from lack of a quality education for too many students in the city, and you know that's one of the reasons why it's so concerning that you have a political machine like the Chicago Teachers Union that, you know, for the first time in its 100-year history as a union, endorsed a state's attorney 
candidate. That was Kim Fox was their first endorsement. And then their second endorsement was Kim Fox again. And they donated their money and their their foot soldiers to that campaign, which, you know, has a direct consequence on crime. So, yes, our belief is that every single kid in the city should have access to the school that's best for them. That is the CTU is ideologically opposed to that idea. But there are many people in Springfield and even, you know, folks running for mayor who believe in the right to a great education for students and uh, their ability to get school choice. So we are uh, working now in Springfield to protect, extend, expand uh, our statewide school choice program. It's called Invest in Kids, gives thousands of low-income kids every single year access to a school of their choice. Um, We can't wait on CPS and CTU to fix the education system. We have to give parents a lifeline. So that's what we're working for. And they won't, the parents won't wait either. They're, they're going to leave. Those who can leave will leave. I mean, look at Atlanta. How many people in Atlanta came from Chicago? For God's sake, the city is dying. Now, the question is, can, can the uh, uh, next mayor of Chicago take, the, take that fight to the CTU if the mayor's the right mayor? Can that be done? I think absolutely. And, you know, it's very encouraging that you have the, uh, quote, consensus front runner, uh, quoting uh, Gregory Pratt from the Chicago Tribune, being Paul Vallis, who is a strong supporter of school choice and has used it to better the lives of thousands of kids. He was the head of uh, New Orleans public schools following Katrina. That is one of the biggest, most successful school turnarounds in the history of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did it by giving power to parents, which is really, really encouraging. Um at the same time, I don't want to. I think there are systemic issues in Chicago whereby you could elect uh, Pericles or Mother Teresa <laughs> as mayor, and it would not right. fix de- these deep problems. So that's why we're really going direct to voters, direct to to consumers, so to speak, with this message, um, because it's about raising consciousness about what the true problems are with the city and the source of those problems. Uh, that's I think that's the way we can get lasting change. Where do the people see this documentary? Well, you can go to, first off, chicagoteachersunion.com, which despite being a $30 million a year organization, they did not purchase their own uh, domain. Uh, That was actually the case with Mike Madigan, too. So if you want to see the Madigan film, you can go to michaelmadigan.com. Yep. So chicagoteachersunion.com, or you just go to YouTube and search local one. That's local, and then the number one, and you can watch watch all of it. Well, Austin, it's been a it's it's been a great. I, I you know I I told John that we we had to tackle this because I saw it, and I've just it just infuriated. My eyes went red, and I've not never really been someone who who sold was bought and bought into the idea of school choice because for, for a long time I you know I to me it seemed like something that was being pushed by powers that I didn't understand or you know groups that that I didn't really grasp what they were trying to attend you know was it religious groups that wanted money from the state was it you know uh, fancy schools that wanted money from the state I you know it didn't make sense to me but when you throw out the number of 28,000 per student in CPS and the students are way, not even close to the national standards for ed- an education. And then think about all the expensive schools that charge the same rate and put out these people who wind up being presidents of, of major corporations or developing cures for diseases. And then you look at what the CPS is putting out on average, not saying they don't, there aren't great kids who are doing really hard to, to fight through a, a really crappy system to do really well 
it it just it, it there's you can't make a case for it without saying I'm an idiot. I mean, you just can't. So, Austin, it's been great to have you here. Everybody, check this out. I mean, it, there is it, it, your draw jaw will hit the floor when you when you really take in the numbers and understand just how much the CTU does to service themselves and by selves, I mean the leadership and the ideologues and not the teachers or the students. Students are at the bottom of the pecking order and in their hierarchy. Thanks guys. I really appreciate you having me on John. uh, Thanks for your kind words on the film and wishing you a speedy recovery as well. Thank you, Austin. Thanks. And thanks for doing this documentary. Such a service to the people of Chicago. Thanks, buddy. Convincing our members to wear a red T-shirt on Friday was a task. Took us a year to convince CTU members that it's okay to associate yourself with labor. The baby socialists would just wear the buttons, right? You know, we got to, you know, start them off, you know, (laughs) gently. And so eventually they started putting on red T-shirts. And so building that, that sense of consciousness... Ah, yes. Grooming the baby socialist teachers in the, within the union to grow up to be full-blown, hardcore socialists like Brandon Johnson, who wants to be mayor of the third largest city and clearly has no interest in anything other than serving the union. And it's just appalling. That's a clip from Brandon Johnson talking before a collection of CTU members Uh, And you can see that in the great documentary we've been talking about, uh, Local One, put forth by Austin Berg and the Illinois Policy Institute. And Austin wanted us to let you know that there is a a way you could screen this and be part of a screening within a theater. Uh, Go to eventbrite.com and type in Local One Illinois Policy, local, the number one Illinois policy. And you can find a a screening near you. I think they're popping up in uh, Elk Grove, LaGrange, St. Charles, Oswego, and Oak Park. Every citizen should see a store, a tale of of union, you know, union going going nuclear. Surprising that they 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 haven't watched some important films like The Killing Fields <laughs> yeah. or others, where the where the Maoists and the Marxists uh, take too much power and obliterate what what's behind them. Yeah. Or Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, my friend. And for Austin Berg, vice president of the Illinois Policy Institute, which has made this fantastic documentary, Local One, about the most powerful force in Chicago that you haven't read about, at least publicly, because the newspapers are avoiding it. I wonder why. Thanks for joining us on another edition of the Chicago Way. See you again next time.